Today on Broadway for Friday, November 22nd, 2019. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. And I am Broadway stars James Marino. Hey, James Marino. We have a very busy Friday show thanks to some late news across the pond, so we'll get into that soon. But first up, as promised, we released the third and final part of the Tamanini Files today on Patreon, where you and Matt sat down to talk about his last leg of a city trip now that he's going back to Florida including Broadway Sing, Sarah Brellis at the Green Room 42, Little Shop of Horrors, Cyrano, Jagged Little Pill, and Tuesdays at 54 with Robbie Roselle, which, hey, by the way, Robbie's a friend of the show, a friend of ours. He announced yesterday that Tuesdays at 54 will be ending in January. So get your butts over to 54 if you haven't already. Go see it again if you have, self-included since I'm always here (laughs) or Mm -hmm. at another show on Tuesday nights. But I have self-enforced a Tuesday night off next week to go see the show. But to get the full Tamanini files, you can buy the three album set, aka get the digital downloads, by supporting us at patreon.com slash Broadway Radio or the reverse. James, we truly can't stop until we get enough. <laughs> <laughs> like what I did? <laughs> Don't stop till you get enough. Hey. That helps us out with uh, first up in the news. Yeah. Ephraim Sykes to play Michael Jackson in the upcoming yes, Broadway musical indeed. MJ. Yeah. Because yesterday we got the first casting news for the upcoming Michael Jackson biomusical, MJ. Ain't Too Proud Tony nominee Ephraim Sykes will headline another jukebox musical as he takes on the title role. As as previously reported, the show will begin performances on July 6, 6 July 2020 at the Neil Simon Theater with an opening night set for 14 August. Two-time Pulitzer Prize winner Lynn Nottage. Uh, wrote his writing, you know, we'll be writing the book. Oh, is it not <laughs> <For> done? <laughs> <laughs> it should it be done, really right? Done, yeah. yeah, well, that's, well, that yeah, is very true. true. Yeah. Uh, you know, Matt and I were talking about Jagged Little Pill tangentially to uh, not really part of MJ, but Jagged Little uh, Pill. And, yeah, very, very much not part of MJ. Yeah. Let's, let's make yeah. that point clear. <laughs> and uh, and he, he felt like the book wasn't done yet. So, uh, well, there you go. Yeah, it's never so, done. Tony winner, back to MJ, uh, Tony winner, uh, Christopher Whedon, uh, tapped to direct and choreograph. Yeah. Yep. 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 I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I, I keep forgetting the show's happening. And they're going full news. speed ahead. They're going Go forward with it. I'm really yeah. disappointed because I think Sykes is amazing. I yeah. would be thrilled to see him in any role. It, Accept this. I still think it's a bad idea. That's all I gotta say. But yeah. according to uh, Wielden, it's supposed to be tied to a specific moment in Michael Jackson's career, a la Spielberg's Lincoln. So it's not going to be a full bio musical like Sheratina is. But I mean, it's still in collaboration with Jackson's estate. So I I don't know what they're gonna be able to. <laughs> If how they're going to stay unbiased is not a thing that's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's like uh, Hitler the early days. <laughs> Could you really do that? No, there no. was a there was a painter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your producer's quote for the day. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we have some, we skipped over the uh, reviews yesterday for Christmas carols. We so skipped, tell us about that. We skipped over the reviews. And not only that, James, I actually made a mistake. Rare occurrence only happens a couple times a day. But when we did the show schedule early this week, I omitted a show, despite it being very clearly labeled on my big, beautiful spreadsheet of shows. And that show is Jack Thorne's A Christmas Carol, which opened at Broadway's Lyceum theater on wednesday night november 20th directed by old artistic director matthew warkus as he brings the show over from london and featuring 12 christmas carols the new version of charles dickens well-known classic stars campbell scott andrea martin lachans erica dorfler and desheel eves a cast you would think one couldn't forget and you know i think what happened is i got lost among the 200 other productions of christmas carol (laughs) Yeah, going on at the mm-hmm. moment. But A Christmas Carol will play its limited engagement through January 5th, 2020. Certainly wanted to make sure I ran through a few of the reviews, including Ben Brantley at the New York Times, who named it a critic's pick, asking, quote, have any of the progressive presidential hopefuls still duking it out thought about working A Christmas Carol into their campaigns? If so, they would surely benefit from visiting visiting the new, charmingly instructive adaptation of Charles Dickens' Evergreen of Yuletide Redemption, which opened Wednesday night at the Lyceum. As reconceived by the playwright Jack Thorne and director Matthew Warkus, the sprightly version of Dickens' Deathless Portrait of a Miser makes a pointed case for the personal benefits of redistributing wealth. God resty, merry fat cats. Shedding some of that cumbersome excess cash is a surefire route to feeling good about yourself while retaining the jolliness and sentimentality associated with some 170 years worth of stage versions. Thorne and Workus have polished the story's social conscious to a restored brightness. Be assured, though, that their carol, which stars Campbell Scott as Ebenezer Scrooge, never sings shrilly. But Adam Feldman at Time Out New York gave it three out of five stars, writing, At the Old Vic in London, where Warkus's pro- production premiered two years ago and has become an annual staple since, the show is staged in the round. Perhaps it is more effective in that form, at the Lyceum, even at what should be the joyous climax of the production, when the audience is corralled into helping assemble a massive Christmas feast, the festivity has a faint sense of effort. And just when our spirits have been suitably raised... Thorne's script tamps them down again with a buzz kill of a coda. This A Christmas Carol has many lovely moments and atmosphere plenty. What it lacks, just a little, is cheer. And finally, Helen Shaw at Vulture writes, quote, It's disconcerting to see something so old and sturdy, and may I add, out of copyright, be turned into a text about personal fulfillment. As for audience fulfillment... The story basically stops about 20 minutes before the end and pure entertainment begins, audience participation and musical numbers. Warkus knows what he's up to. The show closing gags are good enough for most people who will only remember the delight that comes from prop comedy and handbell choirs. Fake snow falls and the people in the orchestra reach up to touch it. It's foam, so it disperses before you can touch it. But there are a lot of people happy with froth. God bless them, everyone. So a divisive Christmas carol, it seems, Mm. which should seem like it would be an oxymoron. (laughs) But I think especially judging by Shaw's whole review, where even she admits she went into it a little bit curmudgingly, (laughs) might be more the case of reviewing a Christmas show in November. 
So uh, reading Helen Shore's review, I would mm-hmm. think that, it, you know, that we could retitle this thing like Tony Robbins Christmas Carol. <laughs> A Tony Robbins Christmas Carol. A Tony, a and, Tony and, Robbins Christmas Carol. And from what Brantley is saying, it was like, uh, it, it, you know, it could have been like, um, who, who's the old guy with all the Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. All, all <laughs> you, you know, you know. The old guy with know. all the money, all the money. Uh, what's his name? Tiny uh, Tim. Bill so Murray. Like, you know, Scrooge could be played by like Mitt Romney and Tiny oh, Tim God. is like one of the takers, you know, oh, we're the God. makers and they're the takers. I, you know, I think I'll pass on that version. <laughs> <laughs> I'll at least take the one that's at the Lyceum, if nothing else. Yeah, the Tony Robbins, uh, the Tony Robbins Christmas Carol, you pay $2,500 for membership per year. It's <laughs> pretty cool, you know. Probably produced by Ken Davenport. Yes, for sure. Absolutely produced by Ken Ken Davenport. (laughs) Best album by Kurt Deutsch. No boy. (laughs) All right. Oh, we just lost four or five advertisers there, but anyway. Well, it's funny. It was funny. So uh, uh, on the heels (laughs) of rest in peace, advertisers. Exactly. God bless us, everyone. (laughs) One and all. So <laughs> this uh, news was a double whammy here. Uh, oh my goodness! Waitress yes. goes set sail, and uh, in comes Hello Dolly. Yes, it was a huge day of news across the pond on Thursday, James. As I said at the start of the show, first up, the West End production of Waitress has announced it will be closing up, at least for now. Waitress will end its current run on July fourth, twenty twenty. At the Adelphi Theater after opening on March 7th, 2019. It's not the end of the show's life across the pond, however, as following the West End run, the musical will embark on a UK and Ireland tour, including Manchester, Glasgow, Edinburgh, and more. And following the tour, the producers intend for the show to return to the West End. As we previously discussed, Sarah Bareilles and Gavin Creel will once again star opposite each other when they join the London staging at the Adelphi beginning January 27th. When one one door closes, another opens, though, James. First reported by Baz Bimmick Boy on Thursday night, Imelda Staunton will play Dolly Gallagher-Levi in the upcoming West End transfer of Hello, Dolly!, which will begin performances at the Adelphi and Waitress's Place on August 11th. Jenna Russell, Tony nominee Jenna Russell, will also play Irene Malloy in the production, which will be directed by Dominic Cook, who last helmed the National Theater's Follies and soon the movie, in which Staunton starred. Priority tickets will be available via HelloDollyLDN.com starting on Friday. That was not the only bomb Bemig Boy dropped on Thursday night. According to Sonia Friedman Productions, Mark Strong and Helen Mirren will star in Robert Wick's adaptation of Oedipus. The play will reportedly run in the West End later this year, and dates in a theater will be determined. The show is planning for a Broadway run after that. So a very big news day, James. Very excited about Oedipus, especially for Helen Mirren. And of course, we will have more information on that as we learn. But both parts of the Adelphi are very surprising. I was surprised to see Waitress getting such a short run, though they're getting a tour and planning on coming back. Even more surprised at what's taking its place, obviously. (laughs) 
So it's not the Scott Rudin dolly. It's not the Scott Rudin dolly. Yeah. Interesting. Very strange. I, there were rumors for a while that I mean, Dolly was going to be yeah. transferring either to the Dominion Theater, the Palladium, and that either Bette or Bernadette would reprise their roles. Staunton, clearly the go-to at the moment for these big U.S. transfers, even though this doesn't seem like it's a full transfer since it is a different production. So shouldn't be too surprised, but I am. I, th- I think uh, Vimic Boy might be too. Earlier this year, he had tweeted something along the lines of, because everyone was talking about it at one point, that yeah. there was going to be a transfer. He was like, I don't want to upset folks, but this is not happening. The Broadway Hello Dolly ain't playing a place in London or the UK. I mean, he's right. The Broadway Hello Dolly is not. We've got this one. Yeah. Jerry Zachs, Scott Rudin, not making the transfer. Dominic, Dominic Cook instead. And Imelda Staunton back at it again with all of uh, <laughs> between Gypsy and Follies and now this. Did she do something else too? Were those the only uh, three? I feel like she did one more big one, but maybe not. Yeah, we'd have to ask Matt. I don't remember any of that mm, stuff. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's she do cats. Skip. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> All right. What do you have in recommendations then? Not, not that. <laughs> but what I do have in recommendations is Out Magazine released its annual Out 100 list this week, which features the year's most impactful and influential queer people. The list would not be complete without some theater folks for the entertainers list, including A Strange Loops' Michael R. Jackson, Ain't No Mo's Jordan E. Cooper, Beanie Feldstein, and of course, cover star Jeremy O'Harris. Out actually does a few covers each year, like so-and-so of the year, like Ronan Farrow got Journalist of the Year. Harris was Showman of the Year, and the cover story talks about Slave Play's blackout performance, and of course, Harris's rise to the top here. You truly love to see it. All right. So, and uh, we will have more stuff in other news. What would that be? Oh, yes. A few more charity and benefit news items because tis the season. Patrick Stewart's solo version of A Christmas Carol will return to New York for two nights only next month. Seen on Broadway in 2001 and also performed in New York in the early 90s, the Olivier winner's solo version of the Dickensian classic will play at Theater 511 on December 11th and 13th. Proceeds for the evening will benefit City Harvest, New York City's largest food rescue organization, and Ars Nova. Benefit tickets are on sale for $500 and available through Ovation Ticks. I see this version talked about every single holiday season, James, Mm. including just a couple of days ago on Twitter. I think Nicole Saratori was talking about it. But very cool this is coming back, even for just a couple of nights. And for two very worthy causes, we're obviously very vocal about our support of Ars Nova here. City Harvest is one of my favorite organizations on the earth. So very excited to see this one being put on. But seemingly a bit of a lighthearted battle for Christmas carols is also happening next month. Teresa Rebeck will helm her own benefit production of the play for primary stages at the Cherry Lane Theater next month was not lying about the 200 Christmas carols. <laughs> the one night only benefit reading on December 19th will benefit primary stages, various teen programs, including free student matinees, teen rights, and Tix Teen. The cast of the reading will include Paola Sanchez Abreu, 
Mark Bedard, Kimberly Chatterjee, Michael Christopher, Time Daly, Kate Hamill, Tom Sussma, and Sharon Washington. Tickets to the benefit can be purchased online at primarystages.org. In non-Christmas Carol-related news over on Broadway, Town has added an extra performance in January benefiting the Actors Fund. The special performance will take place at the Walter Kerr Theater, of course, on January 10th at 2 p.m., a Friday matinee. Good for them. <laughs> All proceeds for the performance will go to benefit the nonprofit organization, which provides welfare programs to entertainment professionals, including health services, affordable housing, and more. For tickets and information, visit actorsfund.org. And finally, the public theater's current revival of Entazaki Shange's for colored girls who have considered suicide slash when the rainbow is enough has extended for the fourth and final time. Originally scheduled through November 17th, the revival directed by Leah C. Gardiner and with choreography by Camille A. Brown will play now through December 15th after opening to critical acclaim on October 22nd. Obviously so great to see the success of that show and for the public in general. Yeah, that's uh, really great to see this and that uh, to the, see the show <laughs> the fourth time they're they're the really trying to get amazing. you in ashley they, really... they they must be because i've had to reschedule twice so yeah. far and give up my ticket twice <laughs> so hopefully in december here i come they were like wait matt's on a plane wait we have to extend again <laughs> <laughs> bring him back bring him back circle it around turn that plane around circle it around get tamanini in here for the fourth part of the tamanini files Exactly. (laughs) All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Be sure to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash patreon to back us if you haven't already. Also, head over to your podcasting platform of choice as well as Facebook to send us some love in the form of a review. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. Don't forget that uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Stagecraft, uh, Jan Simpson interviewed Alexis Shear, the playwright of our dear dead drug lord, our dear dead drug lord. I think so, yeah. Brilliant (laughs) Italian William. Brilliant Italian (laughs) William. Our dear dead drug lord. So, uh, and if you haven't heard it uh, through your Patreon feed, take a listen to that. Even if you have heard it through your Patreon feed, take a listen to it again. It's such a great interview with Alexis. Love it. And on Sunday, we have This Week on Broadway with Peter Felicia and Michael Portantier. And on Monday, the return of Matt Tam and Annie. Dun, dun, dun. Broadway. And Ashley, and uh, we will talk to you. I think so, at least. Yeah. All right. (laughs) 